The Last Word with Matt Cooper. We're joined now by the Minister for Public Expenditure, Pascal Donoghue. Thank you for joining us, Minister. Thank you for having me on your programme, Matt. I'm not going to ask you about RT to start, because I suspect that there may be many more people more interested in a new public sector pay agreement, because it's directly relevant to their standard of living. So, what are you going to offer them? Uh, So, what we're offering at this point is the invitation to their representatives to engage with the government in the Workplace and Relations Commission, uh, which is the organisation uh, in which we try to reach agreement on really big issues like this. Very much aware how difficult the cost of living is for all workers at the moment. The pay agreement that we have in place for those who work in the public service comes to an end at the end of this year. And while I think the discussions are going to be difficult, what I can offer, to go back to your question, is our commitment to do our best to reach an affordable deal. How many people will this cover? Over 300,000 people, Matt. But don't you have loads of money available to you, given that the government is running annual surpluses? The corporation tax revenues may not be as big as you'd hoped they were going to be, but there's still plenty of them. Can't you afford to pay these people more money to make up for the cost of living increases they've experienced? Well, we are committed to looking to pay more, as is the case with other workers in our economy. And that's why we do want a successor to the current agreement. But the surpluses that you refer to are made up of our corporate tax revenue. And we've been reminded now for the last three months in a row that that corporate tax revenue is falling. I've been saying now for many, many years, the reason we need to run budget surpluses is that when corporate tax revenue begins to decline, uh, we have the ability to absorb such a decline and not have to make cutbacks. And the last thing we should do is make wage agreements, which we want to continue into the future, and have them based on tax revenue that we know will decline in the future. Well, then, can you perhaps be imaginative in sort of paying bonuses or something, maybe payments that are not necessarily permanent but might happen on a good year for the government's revenues? And the reason I'm suggesting that is because don't you have problems in large parts of the public sector at present in actually filling positions that people don't see the public sector as an attractive enough financial option to take up the jobs? Well, so firstly, uh, a feature of building momentum is that we did actually make additional payments available um, in addition to the wage increases that were part of the agreement itself. And of course, we'll sit down and engage with the unions face-to-face to see what is possible, what we can afford to do and what is fair to their members and to our nurses and guards. In relation to your, your, you know, your, your other point then, regarding the, uh, you know, the affordability of this and how it could all be structured. Of course, what I'm aware of is that when we make an agreement, it's something that we aim to be in a place then to be able to sustain and maintain across the coming years. And this just goes back to the risk of not paying for it out of corporate tax revenue that we might not have available to us in the years to come. But is it not the case, though, that you're struggling to fill positions, key essential roles in the public service, positions like guardian nurses that you've just mentioned, doesn't that imply that to get those numbers filled, you're going to have to pay better rates than are available at present? Sorry, that's an important point I should have addressed when you put it to me originally. So, actually, if you look at our public services at the moment, they're expanding, they're getting bigger. We're hiring more nurses and we're hiring more guards. But not enough. The best, 
Uh, well, we'll always want to employ more. We'll also always want to hire more. Uh, but we're doing all of this in an environment of full employment. We're doing this in an environment where every single employer, not just the state, is finding it difficult to attract and to keep staff. So to answer your question in terms of what it will mean for the next wage agreement is that we do want to offer more wage growth. We do want to pay more. We want to do that because the work that our teachers and our civil servants do has huge value to our society and to our economy. But we just need to do in such a way that we're confident that we can afford. And as we're, I hope, in the next phase of getting inflation down, that it doesn't send a signal out into our economy that makes our inflation problems more difficult next year. That's the balance that we want to reach. Something I've put to the Education Minister, Norma Foley, previously, and I'm putting it to you because it wouldn't just apply to teachers. It might apply to other key public sector workers, as in guardian nurses. But key positions at present are being left unoccupied, particularly because people who would have taken those jobs in Dublin in the past and other cities can't afford to live in those locations. Would you consider special allowances for public servants in expensive areas to give them the incentive to take up the jobs? Pay differentials, in other words, between urban and rural areas. So that's not something I would consider at the moment. And the reason for that is my experience of bringing in any allowance, any differential payment, is very quickly the demand bills for it to be universal and very quickly the demand bills for it to be available to everybody. And uh, I believe we would really, really struggle to come up with a payment that would be just contained to particular parts of our public service in particular parts of our country. The better way of doing this, which is what we've done over the last number of years, is to get pay agreements that were ultimately ratified uh, by a majority of our public servants that delivers wage growth, that can make a difference to our cost of living. We're confident that we can afford both now and the years to come and will help with the paying of mortgages and paying of rent. Of course, the best solution to all of this that we're making progress on is to build more homes, Matt. And we are making progress on that and we'll make more progress next year. Okay, but you're in the Department of Public Expenditure. You have close relationship with what goes on in the Department of Health. We have the moment an embargo and new recruitment. There are many positions which need to be filled because of the public health consequences and they're not being filled. How is that a good way to go about doing things? Surely you need to hire the people to provide the services required. But we do need to hire people to provide the services. You're 100% right. But equally, we need to ensure that the number of people that we are hiring is in line with the budgets that we have available to do it. And what we are, what the HSC are simply doing is what you'd expect anybody to do with your money, uh, with taxpayers' money, is that if they have the money to recruit a certain number of people each year, that they recruit those people and no more. Uh, because if we were in a situation that every public sector employer could of themselves decide how many people they want to hire and could go out and do it without reference to a budget, we know where that will get us. We will end up with uh, costs to our public services that we'll find out pretty quickly we can't afford. If you look at what the HSE have done, they've done an exceptional job from a recruitment perspective now over the last three years. Over the last three years, they've employed over 6,000 more nurses, doctors, managers, therapists year by year and all they are now doing is ensuring they stay inside their recruitment budgets which is what I think any taxpayer would expect any employer to do 
uh, which in turn will allow us to have more people available to deliver more services within our hospitals. Okay, if you're being careful with the state's money, why have you given 56 million euro to RT or in the process of giving it to them with the possibility of even more money to come without getting an enormous amount of change being implemented to justify that expenditure? Uh, Two reasons, Uh, and I would differ with your analysis regarding the change, uh, but I'll come on to that. First one is, is I independently and the government independently of RTE uh, asked an organisation that provides us with advice on the commercial standing of state bodies to analyse the RTE accounts and to come back to me to say what is the funding that RTE needs to be able to deliver their mandates and keep going across this year and next year. And an organisation called New Era, who are independent of RTE, advised me that this is the funding that RTE need to continue to be able to deliver against their mandates and trade and continue to function. In relation to your second point, um, what we've made very clear is that particularly the €40 million that will be made available next year will be uh, contingent upon uh, change and reform taking place within RTE. And the process for that reform becoming clear, which we'll then look at next year, will be the the vision of change that has been launched today by the Director-General of RTE and then the two reports back to government uh, on governance and culture within RTE that we'll get by February 2024. And when that comes through to us in the coming months, uh, we'll then make clear what we want to see happen uh, as €40 million, which is a huge amount of money, is made available to RTE next year if they deliver the change that we believe should be made. Okay, but 40 redundancies next year. Out of a planned total of 400 between now and 2028, for an organisation in financial crisis, is that a serious attempt to really to cut its costs and to introduce the type of changes because it pales into insignificance compared to what would happen to a private sector media organisation that would get in trouble? So overall, uh, firstly, it's a decision for RTE themselves to make regarding the size of RTE and how many people work there. They are independent of the state. They are independent of the government, I should say, and their board and their leadership team have to, in conjunction with staff, make decisions about the size of the organisation themselves. I would say, however change that they're looking to make of around 400 posts, which is a change of around a fifth, is a very big uh, scale of change for any organisation to face. The reason why it's been phased in over a number of years, Matt, uh, I imagine there's two reasons why. Firstly, as you'll know, any redundancy programme upfront costs money as well to implement. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, in order uh, for... uh, scale of this change to happen, potentially a fifth of the organisation, it does need to be phased in over a period of time. Okay, well very briefly, Uh, because I know you're stuck for time, there has been reported that of the extra money requested by RT, that 9 million of the 40 million for next year will be to pay pay increases. Has that been agreed? What RTE pay uh, their staff has to be a matter for RTE themselves. When we get to a point that ministers are deciding how much people who work in a state broadcaster should get paid, I believe that would be a dangerous line to cross. But in the document and the strategy that was launched by the Director General today, it contains within it a number of commitments to pay restraint. And in particular, it contains a commitment to the number of people who are earning more than €100,000. Thank you. That we are making, 
to the number of people in RTE who are earning more than €100,000. Thank you very much. We have to leave it there. Thank you very much, Minister for Public Expenditure, Pascal Donoghue. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-